to love God and to love our neighbor, it's about the most fundamental principles that is shared by all religions of the world. And even for those who don't believe in any religion, there is something about our human reason that tells us that it is universal to treat people with love and fairness and justice. What Immanuel Kant calls categorical imperative. So Kant would argue that even if you don't believe in any religion and you are a rational person, you can actually arrive at what we are talking about tonight just by reason. And so he uses the phrase categorical imperative. And so the point is, regardless of whether you go by the route of faith or by the route of reason, we have a common destination on this principle about loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. The question, however, is this. If there is something in our rational person that gives us that imperative to love one another, why is there so much hate in our world? When you tune in the television and you listen to the news, sometimes you ask, why do people do these kind of terrible things to each other? About a week ago, our hearts were all broken. Elderly people who went to the temple to pray, 97 years old, 87, 75. And they have to die at the hands of a terrible gunman. If there is something in our human person that knows we need to love one another, why do sometimes people do bad things to one another? There's no single answer to that. And I do not pretend like I have the answers. But tonight, I just want to explore one single explanation, what I sometimes call the triangle of sights. And what is this triangle of sights? How you see the neighbor, how you see yourself, and three, how you see God, the triangle of sights. So let's quickly explore this triangle, how you see the neighbor. Some psychologists will call this dehumanization or depersonification. And so one of the reasons why somebody will begin to want to do something not so good to the other is that you begin to recalibrate the personhood of that person. You begin to recalculate the humanity of that person. In fact, there is a mathematical example in history, what some historians call the three-fifth compromise. Many of you know the history. During the Constitutional Convention, 
The problem was, okay, what do we do with the slaves? And it was a real problem. Because if you allow the slave owners to allow all their slaves to be counted as human persons, they will overrun Congress. Slaveholders will overrun Congress. So what do we do? And so the three-fifth compromise says, all right, you know what we're going to do? For every five slaves, we only count three. And so the slave technically now becomes three over five of a person. That is a mathematical depersonification. But thankfully, we don't have to do that in our time today. Yet, very often, we depersonify in our words, in our attitudes, in our language. When we call people animals, call people names, have all kinds of attitudes towards the other, that is depersonification and dehumanization. And that can create a challenge to loving the neighbor. So first sight is how we see the neighbor. And that can be a challenge to what Jesus is telling us tonight. The second side of the triangle is how I see myself. All of us are products of identities. As I stand before you tonight, look at me, I'm a lump of identities. I'm a priest, I'm a professor, I'm a son to a loving mother back home in Nigeria, I'm a brother to 11 siblings, uh, what else am I? Am I I'm a colleague to Dickin David, uh, what else? I am African, no, what else? I'm a naturalized American, hey, hey. <laughs> And the list can go on and on and on and on. And each of these identities are important and they make who I am. The problem, however, is when I become obsessed with one of these single identities. And that identity begins to now overwhelm all the other forms of identity. People will call that de-individuation. And so I get carried away in one of the group identities that I am now an African. I get obsessed about being an African and I'm swallowed up in that African group identity. And whoever does not look black as I am, and I mean black, black as I am, it doesn't count. And so that process of de-individuation can now begin to want, I get out there, and anybody who doesn't look like me, forget about it. Who doesn't speak like me, forget about it. Who doesn't believe the same political things I do, forget about it. And that can become a problem and a challenge to loving one another and loving the neighbor. The third side of the triangle is how we see God. It might sound strange that how you see God sometimes can determine how you love your neighbor. True. If I see God as, an, as a heavenly bookkeeper who has a list of commandments, and I stand before him, I say, hey, I'm Father Tony, I've come. All right, let's see. Number one, check. Two, check. Morality is not a checklist. 
And that's the huge problem of this guy in the gospel tonight. Because he was looking at morality and relationship with God as a matter of checklist. And so he comes to Jesus and says, Master, I know you are are so wise. Tell me, what is the greatest commandment? That one commandment that once I keep it, I'm good. And Jesus was like, are you kidding me? God is not like a bookkeeper or an accountant who has a checklist, and then once you can check off those things, you are good. And so, how we see the neighbor, how we see ourselves, and how we see God can affect truly how we love God and love our neighbor. But thankfully, we have a counter to the triangle of sight tonight. So let me summarize by reminding us of what counters the triangle of sight. Number one, God is a relationship. Faith is a relationship. Religion is a relationship. To love God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And to love your neighbor. That's what we believe. Number two, Jesus is the high priest who reconciles us to the Father. Even when we are broken in our relationships, even when sometimes we may have hated each other, even when sometimes we may have been divided among ourselves because of a lot of things, even when we call each other names and we hate the neighbor just because he's a D or he's an R, the high priest in Christ truly reconciles all of us. And he is what we celebrate tonight in the Eucharist. And so if you, for instance, have not spoken with your sibling for five years, maybe tonight pick up the phone, be the big boy, be the big girl, take the high road, call, reconcile, make peace. Sometimes it may be hard, but that's what we are called to do. And finally, our prayer is that just like Jesus tells the man at the end of their conversation, You are not far from the kingdom of God. Our prayer tonight is that as we now strive to love God with all our heart and love one another, at the end of the day, may the Lord say to you and say to me, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Can I hear somebody say amen?